This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hunter podcast with me, Jamie Castle, as host of Pessing and Ill Billy Money. On this episode, we're going to take a look back at what has been a perfect Christmas period, three wins and six days for the Hatters, propelling us up from 15th to 17th in the championship table as our sort of playoff scabbers pace. The January window is also now open, so we'll preview what could be an important four weeks for the club before taking a quick look at Saturday's opponents, Wigan Athletic, as the FA Cup returns to town. I'm joined by Stephen Day and, and the very welcome return of Dylan Bindia. Boys, firstly, Happy New Year, 2023. How are your breaks? Yeah, great. Nice to have a break. Um, always better when when we're we're in a good place as well. Three uh, three wins. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that all podcast. But yeah, no, good break, mate. Good break, and and good to be back on the pod. Missed it a lot. Yeah, it's great to have you back, Stephen. How was your Christmas? It was pretty good. Spent it with my uh, my missus. Uh, family and they're all Watford fans so uh, it was very interesting but um, Watford's form and our form made up for it and I didn't really get much of a break anyway because I had to work so only Christmas and New Year's I was off but yeah it was a nice little break and then you know Luton's form at the moment is uh, keeping me going. Just quickly just to, to the person that edits this pod can you beep that W word out please? Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, let, 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 let's move swiftly on. It, obviously, we've got quite a lot of, of good stuff to go through. So let's, let, let's, let's rewind nine days ago. Norwich at home, Boxing Day, a, a pretty awkward kickoff time. But nonetheless, we had a, a decent enough turnout at, at the Kenny. Um, and it was one of those where AK and Norwich were on a bit of a bad run and Dean Smith under pressure, but our home form wasn't great. We're probably mid-table or even lower half the table in terms of our, our home form. So to to beat Norwich 2-1, especially getting a last-minute winner from Cordy Woodrow, it was a great start to Christmas. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I think, well, we, we were fantastic on the day. Um, and I, we, were def- we were the better team. Um, we, 
know, Norwich looked very poor um, and that was partly down to them just being poor and us as well doing really well. Um, but what a win, especially after going down to 10 and you think, oh, bloody hell, here we go again. Um, you know, we won up at Norwich, uh, Middlesbrough, sorry, went down to 10 and ended up losing. But to come, you know, for Corley to come on and, and win the game late was absolutely fantastic and a, a special boxing day. So look, like absolutely over the moon because we deserve to win that game against the Norwich team who, you know, have been in the Premier League recently and, and have some very, very, very good players. Um, so, you know, what a win to start off the kind of run of games after Christmas. And Stephen, were you at that one or, or did you miss it because you're you're around your, your, your worst halves? Yeah, I missed it because I was down in Devon. But yeah. I managed to uh, catch Plymouth Parkway versus Truro on a boxing day. So I still got my football fix and I got home and watched it with a... Watford fam, uh, scum family, I'll say. Um, Apologies for the swearing, um, being the uh, W word. Um, So that was was fun watching that with them because I was dancing around their living room while they're all looking a bit, you know, upset. Um, But I don't think I'll be getting invited back now. It seems like you're on the on the wrong pod this week, Stephen. Um, anyway, just just on on the goals, obviously it started with an, with an, an Alan Campbell opener, a goal that we've seen a few times before. Um, and as someone that sits in the Kenny end, it was nice to see it at my end for once. Obviously, I think it was Bournemouth and was it West Brom last season that he scored those sort of similar goals outside the box and 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 sort of had a shot it, and that was that was at the Oak Road end. So it was nice to to see it in front of me, and it's it's something that we've we're sort of getting used to it with Alan Campbell, where he's just on the heels of, of, of everyone. Shot ending high turnovers, FC. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Go on, Stephen. Yeah, I, th- I think I want to see um, him getting in. You know, I want to I want to see the ball given to him in those sort of positions more. I know it's hard to find space outside the box, and you know, in the championship for anyone really, but um, because we know that we've. You know, he's got a good shot on him from outside the box. I think it could be something to utilise going forward, um, especially at home, because, you know, as you said, it's happened two or three times. And I think it's something that could just be sort of, you know, we can pull it out, like maybe in the game that's not going our way, can sort of pull it out of the bag um, by giving him the opportunity to uh, shoot from outside the box. So, yeah, I hope, I hope it's something that we can utilise in the future. Yeah, and, and it's not the most the most smooth striker of a ball, that's for sure. But he, he certainly has a, a bit of a white peg on him to, to be able to, to beat the keeper from that far out. Um, and then, obviously, Timo Puki equalised a little bit after, but then Cordy Woodrow returned from injury, which seems like he's only played two or three times for us before then, which probably, probably is pretty accurate. But to, to sort of, for Jordan Clark to sort of just toe poke it through to Corley and it was sort of touched through the defender and and then got a shot away. It was a great finish to him, wasn't it? Yeah, great finish. And that's what happens if you give Timu Puki an opportunity to score. He'll score it. I mean, when he went through, I kind of just thought, oh, that's it. He's he scored. Um, you know, and, and it just shows how well you have to defend against Norwich. You know, we defended brilliantly. We made them look pretty average in possession. Um, but it just shows you get a couple actions wrong. I think, you know, Bree could have engaged maybe a bit quicker. Um, and, and not allowed Gibson to just to carry the ball and then Potts has just missed it um, and you make two little errors and, and they score um, so I think that goal really showed you know it was a testament to our possession work um, and how good that was against Norwich and how consistently good it has been pretty much throughout the whole season um, especially under Rob Edwards since since he came in so look massive 
yeah, big. It was a setback because we were we were the better team, and and in that second half, Norwich did put a little bit of pressure on us, but it just shows the margins. Um, and when we win the margins, we're we're fantastic and um, defended brilliantly. Um, apart from that one little moment, which just showed their quality. And on the corner goal, some strike. For, for, for the listeners that obviously can't see facial expressions, Dedan has just pulled a, 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 a lovely little oof expression to, to, to Cordy's goal. So try and verbalise your thoughts there, Dedan. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic, mate. I mean, I'm so pleased for him because he's he's had such a frustrating time um, since he came in. And oh, he's, he's, he's struggled a bit because I think we've tried him in the number 10 and it hasn't quite worked. But I think that's been a little bit more than... There's been other reasons for that. And I think then when he plays in the front too, again, with with how direct we are as a team, he's, he's struggled a bit to just impact that. And, you know, when you've got Elijah Adebayo and Carlton Morris ahead of you, that's difficult. And then he got injured in September, I think it was, and hasn't been seen since. Um, so it's, it's so good for him. And then that's what he's all about, that sniper around the box, little touches, finds little pockets and strikes the ball so well. Um, that's cool. That's why we signed Corley Woodrow. Um, he's just so good at that. And, and I'm, it's, I'm so pleased for him. Obviously, it's huge for us as well, but for him personally, that'd be massive um, because he's, you know, he's been it's been a frustrating five months or whatever for him, I'm sure. So it's really good to see him do that, and hopefully now we can really see him kick on. Uh, I'm sure we'll move on to it, but against Huddersfield, came on, did well in the ten. Um, so look, like really, really important option for us, and uh, just so pleased for him because he he probably needed that psychologically more than anything. And Stephen, obviously, the signing was was one that we were pretty excited about in the summer. So it was it, it's been a bit frustrating to to not see much of him so far. But do you think it's it's sort of someone that actually he's coming back in sort of in a January period that actually could seem like could seem like a new signing? To Denon just alluded to there, he's versatile in terms of playing up top alongside a striker and and also dropping in behind. Is it someone that you think we'll see a lot more of? I hope so. Um, I, I mean, I can't remember actually being that excited about the signing of him. Like, I, I didn't think he was gonna set the world alight with us, considering we've got Adebayo, Morris, Cornick, and it wasn't something that I was, you know, thinking was gonna be great. And I can't say that. Well, it's it's been frustrating for him because he hasn't played a lot, so it's not on him. But it's just you know, I, it hasn't felt like too out of the ordinary that he's you know, not featured too much, but I guess injuries and all that. Um, but I think now that we've got Edwards in as manager, it's something that can be, you know, something that can change with us going forward because maybe with Jones, he wouldn't have had Woodrow playing, you know, the way that he did against Norwich. Um, it may have not been the sort of system we would play, but it may have gone a completely different way. So I think hopefully Rob Edwards can give him a, you know, not a new lease of life, but you know, change change the style, tweak things, and and find a place for him in the team where he can play his best, you know, his best football that he can for us. And and I guess it would kind of feel like a new signing because as we as, as we said, we haven't seen him featured much, so it'll be it'll be very good to see him, you know, come on and play a lot more um, than what we've seen so far. Yeah, for sure. And then. Three days later, it was the, the, the short trip to London, to Loftus Road, a place that we've not won since 1984 and 
all of the games against QPR, certainly since we've we've returned to the championship, is they, they've all had a, an air of animosity about them, and probably even more more so than than our main derby. Um, also live on Sky, but to go there and and win and and win how we did, it, it was a massive statement to the league. Amazing. Uh, honestly, I've done too many too many bad days out of QPR, and I was sick of it, frankly. Um, and I, I couldn't make the, I couldn't make it to the game, but margins, absolute margins of, of football. I mean, the QPR were were weren't bad. I don't think. I think they had decent possession. They got into good areas, but they were so poor in around the box. We defended our box brilliantly, and then we've just scored three goals and, and the absolute margins of football just on display there again. Um, but amazing. Um, just about time, to be honest, we went to QPR and got something because I remember going back there uh, under Graham Jones in the in the first season of the champ and being 3-0 down after, I think, half an hour or something like that. And uh, Eberieze was absolutely running rings around us and it was just awful to watch. So I'm so pleased because it was just about time. And, and again, what what a what a result and what a performance and what margins and quality in the final third we showed because, and you know, Carlton Morris obviously is the main reason for that and then Doughty at the end, but wow, you know, what a win. Absolutely fantastic to, to go away on a you know, few days after Boxing Day and do that. It was absolutely amazing. Mm. And on and on Carlton Morris, Stephen, obviously didn't mention him just, just now. Obviously he scored two goals. The first was a peach of a strike on his left foot, sort of just just, just, just drilled it low uh, beyond Dieng. The second one was just live live in the box. But forgetting the goals, do you think that was one of the most complete all-round number nine performances we've seen in a Luton Town shirt for some time and probably it's becoming one, one of the best sort of number nines in the league? Um, I wouldn't say one of the best that we've seen because we've seen a good few strikers recently and at a bio... Uh, Collins, um, then the rest names of yeah. Um, it's it was it was a very good performance, um, and I think certainly becoming one of the best in the league as well because you see his goal contributions. It's it's brilliant, and we you know it's it's good for us, let alone him, because if we've got a striker that is you know near the top end of the the you know, top goal scorers and then assists or goal contributions, we're going to have a good season regardless. Um, and with him, you know, if he if he can carry that sort of form on, we're definitely in for a good seat the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, one of the best performances I've seen from a Luton striker, but it was definitely up there for, you know, what we'd usually expect, I guess. Um, yeah, obviously very pleased to have seen it. Well, not seen it. Seen it on on TV because I had I had work and finished at five forty, so I could get home and watch the game. Dylan, do you agree with that, or do you think he's, he's better than you think? I just, I think in terms of in recent years, because we're operating now at top end championship level, I think he is one of the best. Obviously, look, we've had Collins, we've had Hiltz, we've had uh, Elijah last year, and this year he's struggling a little bit, but he's still doing really well. Um, I mean, I th- I thought. I just think with Morris, he's just he can do everything. You know, he he's he drops in and holds and links back to goal unbelievably well, like we saw the Doughty goal. Um, you know, when he faces defenders, he runs over big distances in tight spaces around the box again, like we saw with his first goal. He's so good at shifting and shooting with li- literally no backlift. He'll just pummel it. It just generates so much power. Aerially, he's good. Out of possession, he gives everything. 
he gets us up the pitch if we need to stretch him behind. He can literally do everything in the centre forward. Um, I, I, I'm amazed that we. I'm so happy and amazed that we have him um, because what a player he is, and he's he's just after the first few games when he was getting a bit of stick because he was struggling a bit, and then people were saying things about him, you know, on social media and stuff, and now he's absolutely banging them in for fun. I mean, it's not a shock because he can literally do everything, um, and and it's. What a, what a front two we have at the minute. With obviously we have others, but our main ones are Elijah and and Carlton Morris. So what a front two we have, um, who are just complement each other so well. And with others coming on, like Cornick starting against QPR did really well. So yeah, but Carlton Morris is he's on fire, and what a player we have in our team. Um, and I, he's top end championship easily. So yeah, absolutely delighted for him. But he's a, he's just an absolute quality player. And in terms of the goal contribution, Stephen, you mentioned he's so he's currently sat second in the league, one behind Enjoy at Sheffield United. He's he's got fifteen in total, so that's ten goals, five assists. And according to Footmob, he's got nine point two expected goals plus expected assists. So you you would say he's probably overperforming the chances that he's both created and 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 scored. But do you think? In terms of in terms of in my memory of the season so far, it seems like the goals he scored none have been lucky or really pot shots. Like the one at QPR, you could say was okay outside the box, but he sort of was so convincing in in the strike that. Do you think his 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 performance this this season in terms of his goal contributions? Do you think that's sustainable for like for, for the whole of the season? I mean, as I touched on, like with that sort of performance so far, you know, we're in for a good season if it carries on. So if it if it can be sustainable, then there is no reason why we won't get the playoffs. And and I think it's obviously I don't think it's like sustainable for almost anyone really. It just um, depends on if the the person can actually keep it up, the player can keep it up. And I don't expect him to keep that sort of form, but there's no reason why he can't if he's playing. Um, good football with Edwards and playing good football alongside the uh, the team, then there's no reason why it can't carry on. And um, I think we've got the team to help him out. We've got the you know the midfielders to create chances, and um, we're getting the ball into him a lot. And um, there's you know there's almost like even though it's not expected, there's almost no reason why it can't carry on. And um, should we continue to focus on playing the ball to him as well? And um, yeah, I mean. We're all hoping that it carries on because as I said, it'll be brilliant if it does. And and we can't talk about the QPR game without mentioning Alfie Doughty, who obviously, again, based on performances, he, he's been superb, but what a goal. It's unbelievable. Like, what? It's so good as well with him, and, and we just spoke about it with Woodrow, but with Doughty just, just coming to the fore now. Um, after a few injury problems and then he came straight in against Watford and, and struggled, but frankly, everyone struggled against Watford. Um, but he's just such a good athlete. Like the way he gets up and down, how, how quickly he carries the ball down that left side. But not just, he's not just a ball carrier. Like he can create, um, it, it, the quality of his crosses is really, really good. The whip and pace he generates on it. But then as well, something we've done a little bit more of under Rob Edwards, is finding those inside passes from wide areas, creating a, trying to use his overloads a little bit more, um, you know, for the first goal for, for Carlton Morris's first goal, when he, you know, he drifts inside and gives it off for the, for his goal, you know, he gives it inside, bounce and then makes the movement inside. 
after giving it to Morris back to goal. You know, that's something we're doing a little bit more of, giving it inside from wide areas. You've got to have good passes to the ball, people with good radars to do that. And I'm just, you can see why we, why why Jones was chasing him and the club was chasing him for so long. He's just a brilliant player. And hopefully he can stay fit because that's the main thing I think with him is he has a bit of a history with injuries. But hopefully we can keep him fit because he's going to be massive um, and give, you know, Amari Bell, who was an absolute mainstay in the team, I think he was behind Bree and I think he was behind Bree in minutes last year. And that's how good Bell was. But, you know, now he's been given a proper run for his money by Alfie Dowdy. So, yeah, what a player and, and what a goal. What a goal. I think a good judge of how good the goal was as well is you think normally for a third goal and a 3 0 win, the away ends, okay, you celebrate it, but it's a bit a bit more sort of sort of low key because you know it's 3 0. But that, that the away end for that third goal was mental. I think, like, certainly after, after, the, after the goal, like, obviously we're watching the game but everyone around me were just mentioning just sort of how good how good the goal was and I, I was obviously behind the goal but I, I was almost behind the shot and it just you could just see it the minute it left his boot it was just it was crazy Stephen wasn't it yeah um and you saying like behind the goal like behind the shot you could almost see the ones that left his boot I think in the uh, replays you can see Alan Campbell was yeah, celebrating yeah. <laughs> before it hit the net, like before it even like gone past the keeper. He, he was jumping up because he knew that it was in. And it just sometimes I think about how we don't have like uh, an abundance of like wonder goals that um, you know they're in replays and all that and um, in compilations. And you know we're usually like quite good at scoring like good hard-working goals, goals from inside the box. Not um, the best, but, we, you know, we score a fair amount. And it's nice to see another one being, you know, a, a, a goal that could be added to a sort of, um, you know, best Luton Town goals in the last five years sort of thing. And, yeah, it was just, it was just brilliant. And I was I was in a pub at that point drinking, so I, I loved it. And, yeah, and the whole pub were, like, looking at us because me and... Family were shouting, "Oh my god, what a goal! What a goal!" And everyone was like turning their heads, and yeah, it was. I mean, everyone in the pub was like, "Oh, bloody hell, what a goal!" So yeah, it was just brilliant, and to do it on Sky as well makes it all that bit sweeter, as well as being at QPR, and because you know don't usually perform well at QPR, don't usually perform well on Sky. I guess we're getting there now that we're on Sky a little bit more, but um, yeah, it was just made it all that bit sweeter. I think that Sky myth's gone now. To be honest, to to sort of to beat Norwich and beat QPR, and I think we've we've won a few times before. Well, I think that that Sky myth is now just a myth. Um, and Stephen, you you mentioned it just just then in terms of the quality of, of the goal, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll come more on to Rob Edwards and his start to life in in a minute. But in terms of the goals that we've scored so far under Edwards, is it just me, or do you think the quality of goal is is it has increased. I think Simon Oxley mentioned it in, in in one of his like brilliant post-match videos that he does on, on Twitter. But it just seems like the quality of goals we are scoring is is just like a lot better. I think if it feels like there's just a little bit more freedom and a little bit more um, confidence with the team. Not that Jones wasn't you know able to make the team confident, but it just feels like there's a little bit more freedom in our play going forward, and there's a little bit more. And creativity a bit, a, a little bit as well. And yeah, I think, yeah, I I can't really uh, 
say that they're they're not. Um, yeah, I think yeah they are they are a little bit of better quality. And yeah, I think it's just hopefully it's down to Edwards and uh, a bit of less rigid play, I guess. And yeah, it's and if we can carry that on, as I keep saying, it'll be brilliant if we can carry that sort of uh, form on. And just to rewind back a bit on Avidari quickly, Dylan. I mean, in my opinion, he's he's the first real James Justin slash Jack Stacey replacement that, that we've had. I mean, I I I thought maybe Norrington Davies would would be you'd, you'd, like he's probably sort of similar similar sort of character in terms of like his playing ability and, and style, but in terms of an actual real replacement. Obviously, James Bree is fantastic. I rate James Bree a lot, but he's just, he's not a Jack Stacey. He's, he's a different sort of fullback stroke win back. But Alfie Doughty seems like we finally managed to properly replace both JJ and Stacey, or, or at least one of them, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think what you mean, yeah, massively. Uh, in terms of a real athletic, ball-carrying wing back. Now, like you say, James Bree is fantastic. Uh, is James Bree a, a real... 1v1 player? Probably not. Is he able to create enough? Is he technically good enough to create space to create crosses? Absolutely, 100%. Are his deliveries good? Unbelievable. But yeah, in terms of ball carrying and athleticism, 100% see what you're saying, especially the Stacey comparison. I like that. Like, you know, Stacey was all, you know, shinny in behind. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to beat everyone for speed. You know, now we're in the championship, a bit more difficult um, to beat teams athletically because teams generally athletically are, are pretty decent. Um, but yeah, in terms of a real aggressive, athletic, ball-carrying fullback slash wingback, absolutely agree with you there. Um, and don't forget as well, he's played as an eight. Yeah. Nathan Jones is playing yeah. as an eight at points because we had injuries and, and he did okay. You know, it's not his best position, obviously, but he did okay there. I think it was an eight in a 4-3-3 and then in a diamond against Watford. So um, so yeah, no, he can you can move around a bit. But yeah, I agree with you on that. You know, athlete, such an athlete. And, and he's, I think he's only 22, 23 yeah. as well, which is... Yeah. It's so exciting and he just needs to stay fit. Yeah. If he stays fit, he'll just keep getting better and better. And then quickly on to the last game of, of the three away at Huddersfield. And th- th- there was a slight sort of talk of revenge going into this game, given what happened l- last year. And obviously the fans onto the pitch, you know, obviously it, it, it was awful. And and obviously we were, we were obviously upset, understandably, given that we were sort of so close and probably should have beat them in, in terms of that game and the playoffs. And then also to then go into the game, then go one nil down to, to to come behind and win it. Just, it again, it's just a, a different type of performance, and it just shows how we've got a, a, a lot of different ways of playing, and we can win in different ways. Yeah, um, I think when we went one nil down, I was quite worried that it was going to be another one of those that you know, a bit like Middlesbrough. It was like, and um, obviously that was a bit different because we uh, we'd gone one nil up, but it. It felt like once we'd gone one and up, it just felt like we didn't have as much, um, you know, strength or um, control of the game. Really, I think like it felt like I think I said that like, our influence in games under Nathan Jones just you know always felt if we went behind or if we weren't playing well, our influence just wasn't good. And it was good to see that even though it our influence wasn't that great against Huddersfield, we managed to grind out a win um, and I think Burke's goal wasn't really you know of high quality but it was you know brilliant to see him come back from injury and then run up the field the way that he did and score that way and it was you know I was like 
it, it gets me thinking that there is that little bit more of um, freedom for players and under Edwards and that you know that was that was really good and and you know to come back come come from behind away from home as well something that we've not done in a while um I think I've been seeing a lot of tweets about it but I can't remember specifically what it was but it was you know it felt wonderful really and and it's just you know there's there's a really feel good factor about it at the moment yeah definitely it's certainly been some time since we went one nil down and uh, and won the game so certainly away from home in terms of the game itself probably the two biggest stories for me were both the return of Reese Burke and then probably first start for Louis Watson so if we start with the last one there Dylan first start for Louis Watson mad that he did I think he did okay um coming straight into a championship game is is difficult especially away from home um, you know, he played in the kind of deep role um, that Clark's been doing recently. I thought he did okay. I thought first off, he, he struggled a little bit. And this isn't a criticism of him, by the way. He's a young player, technically very good. He'll get there and on his first championship start. Um, you know, he's not going not gonna to tear off any trees straight away. But I think he, he, he did okay. He recycled possession well. I think sometimes he could have just turned out and played forwards a little bit more. But it's very difficult. Um, and I, I, I'm not, I really don't want people or, you know, to sound critical or anything like that. Um, because he's he's a really talented young player who'll get there, um, you know, a little bit off championship level at the minute, but he'll he'll get there. Um, but yeah, I think he could have just turned out and played forwards a little bit more. And in the second half, he did it a little bit more, um, which was really nice. And and it just just it just means that the when players are willing to turn out and play forwards, obviously within reason, in the middle of the pitch, it it, mean, it just gives defenders something else to think about the ones who are marking him because they know that. Oh, he could roll me out here and, and go forwards rather than, or I can get on his back quickly because I know he's not going to turn. Um, I think he did it well in the second half a bit, a bit more. Um, so yeah, a good debut, and it's really nice to see him get a start because he's been in and around it a long time. And I don't know whether we wanted him to go out on loan or not, but obviously now with our, you know, we were a bit short, so there's no way we we could send him out on loan with Lansbury being injured. Um, so yeah, hopefully more. Let's see more of him, and, and hopefully he can get more minutes and and really develop. Um, develop playing championship minutes which is what we brought him in to do um as a real development option but yeah really exciting player he did okay and and, and hopefully he can he can kick on now and then steven on reese burke it was a boost before the game certainly to see his name back on the bench but then for him to come on because that was doubty was cramping was cramp was cramping up a little bit um and then to come on and, and be the the star striker that he is <laughs> um yeah it's yeah, it's a huge boost to see him back. And obviously, with our defense, defensive like worries, um, I think we all were thinking like how good it is to have him back. Um, yeah, it was. I thought it was like a really good performance as well for a, someone to come back from injury and almost slot in and um, and look like he's not been out for long at all, or even look like he's had an injury. And there was. You know, some quite positive play from him and no real worries either. Um, it was just, yeah, really refreshing to see him back because once we can get the, you know, defensive situation sorted out, um, that'll be really good for us. Yeah, and, and the centre-half situation has obviously been, been much much spoken about both internally in the club and also amongst fans on social media. So to have someone as good as Reece Burke back it sort of in amongst it, Dylan, is massive, isn't it? 
yeah, massive. And it just means we can, you know, James Breed does a really good job on the right of the three and he's, he's a great option there, but we know he's, he's best playing wing back. It then means we don't have to play Doughty and Bell every game. We can give one of them a rest because Breed can play there and we can rotate a bit more. Um, and Reese Burke is just a fantastic player. Um, his ball carrying, you know, it's not that that movement he did for the goal is not new. You know, he's done that since we signed him. Uh, and we, and we, and we, since we've been playing the back three, he's very brave. He underlaps all the time. Um, so it's really nice to see that pay off, uh, albeit his first game back. But yeah, great what great player, great option to have. Um, and as we just get start to get players back fit now, it, it just strengthens us so much. And we can, we can really kick on, especially when the games come thick and fast because you don't want fatigue starting to kick in because we saw that in the last, well, we saw that in the playoffs um, where we had so many injuries and because of fatigue and, and overplaying because we had no one available. So let's get everyone available now and, and really be in a strong place where we're fresh going into game 40. Yeah, definitely. And if we move on quickly to sort of a, a bit of, a, of an overview of the games itself, who would be your man of the festive period, let's call it? So you, not, not your man of the match, but your man of the three matches. Stephen, I'll go with you first. I feel like I'm a little bit biased because I love him, but Pelly's been brilliant. Um, you can see his influence in the matches, um, his creativity as well. His, you know, he looks a lot more stable on the ball because I think a lot of the time, like people would be worried about him giving the ball away, sort of things that he does. But I think he's he's looking really good, and um, for me, and I think. You know, I, I would choose him as the uh, man of the festive period. Well, you've completely ruined my notes there, Stephen, because I've got down as my pick as an under the radar pick, being Pelly Ruddock. So the fact that you've named it as up, up up front is um has ruined it slightly. But no, completely agree with you. I think he, he's played every minute of the three games. So in terms of stamina to play, almost what what's that? Four hours of six, five hours of football in in six days is is pretty incredible. And then. Also, in terms of his versatile, so in terms of I'm in that midfield three, we've got like one sitter and two pressers. He, he can play any one of those 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 three. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly think we've missed him, and 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 to get him back fully fit is massive. Dylan, but you, you who is your man of of the festive period? It's a really tough one because there's so many who've done brilliant. Um, Lockyer could be one. He's been magnificent. Morris, obviously. Uh, I'm going to say Doughty. Mm. Um, I think he playing in that position three games in a row uh, and then moving to the right, sorry, as well. Um, again, like he's just been magnificent and he's given us so much in that possession. It's a tough one because you know what? There's, there's so many of them mm. who have been absolutely magnificent. You know, Pelly's a good shout. Campbell, I, I'm not even going to bother reading names because I could just read 15 <laughs> names. Um, but but yeah, I think Doughty's just given us something a bit different yeah. and the and a really real bite in wide areas. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say Doughty. And on the whole, it's been a pretty good start for Edwards' as boss. Obviously, lost the first game away at Borough, but I thought we were unfortunate. Obviously, Oshley got, got sent off there, so it's hard hard to judge. But on the whole, I thought we, we were good. And Dylan, just delving deeper into, into tactical tweaks, I know you, you, you made a short thread recently in, in terms of in terms of like the differences. And overall, most, most, most of the fundamentals are the same. And... I've all, I always thought that under under Nathan we were always a very good side and we were so close to taking that next step to being an excellent side and there was just something just not quite not quite there. Do you think Edwards has found that? I think uh, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's important not to overanalyze. I think a lot of what's happened is the same. I think out of possession we're the same. 
um, because that, that works for us. And I think Rob Edwards' own words when he, when he joined was, look, we're going to keep things the same here and we're going to add a sprinkling um, of, of our own. Uh, and I think the biggest change, and it, again, it, it's just little tweaks. So in terms of the main thing is it's just how we're playing in wide areas and, um, and just playing feet a little bit more in wide areas. Maybe, and we still do it, by the way, all the time. We still go direct because we are a very good team when we go direct. When teams want to press us, we go direct because we've got Carlton Morris, Elijah Adebayo, Harry Cornick, who are fantastic at stretching the game and holding the ball. Um, but I think in, in wide areas, that's the biggest change. We're just playing feet a little bit more. When it goes wide, in moments where before we might have played in behind and, and hit the channel and looked to run onto it, we're playing feet a little bit more intentionally. So, you know, if Doughty's got the ball out left, he's either trying to drive inside or, or Carlton's dropping in to receive into feet. And then we're trying to work a switch out to the opposite side. And that's really that's that's been really obvious, really intentional to then create a player on the outside. There are a few situations against Norwich, we did it. Uh, against Huddersfield, we did it. But a couple of times we made the wrong decision. So we're just looking to play inside a little bit more and, and keep the ball. And, and I think just in that build-up as well, we're, we're just being a little bit more patient. Now, we're still a very direct team and I, and I don't want, I'm really keen for the kind of discourse around Rob Edwards not to be that, and, and Nathan Jones as well, you know, not to be, oh, Rob Edwards has come in and he's completely changed the playing style and we're this suddenly this free-flowing passing team. We were free-flowing before, but we were just a little bit more direct. We're still very direct. We're just a little bit more, a little bit less direct, sorry. And in wide areas, that, that's the main difference is we're just building a bit differently. Um, there was a really nice moment against Huddersfield where Doughty gets the ball on the right, cuts in, plays Elijah. I think Elijah or Carlton and then Campbell's made a run off him and in behind or, or Elijah. I can't remember exactly who it was. We're just playing feet a little bit more in wide areas and, and looking to go inside to then switch it or combine with with Campbell or um, or Pelly or the opposite centre forward. Um, but it's the same, you know, there's not loads of differences um, at the minute. It's just a few tweaks um, that are just helping us a little bit um, that we're seeing um, at the minute. If we turn our attention now and then to the January window, it's now January the 4th as we sit here today. And I mean, transfer activity, there's obviously it's not, not been a lot and there's not, not normally a lot in, in the AFL to, sort of to, to, to start off with. But if we start with the potential outgoing, so... On transfer market, sort of their only known contracts, and I say known with the sort of like the apostrophes, is that obviously we, we we do have a bit of secrecy about various contract dates. But in terms of players out of contract this summer, transfer market have got Isted, Osho, Berry, and Jerome, and obviously Horvath's loan contract too. Then in terms of our loans out, we've got Pepper and McAtee at Grimsby, we've got Musquin, Mendes Gomez at Fleetwood, Fort was at Burton, who's now been recalled, and I don't believe can go out on loan again. Um, and then we've got Pereira at Bradford and Nufel at Sutton. Is, is there anyone from that list or even the wider squad that you think could make a move out this month? Not for me, really. Um, doesn't seem like there's going to be... I don't feel like there's going to be much movement. Um, yeah, I feel like we're... Yeah, I, I, to me, just instinct is telling me that, yeah, I just feel like there's not going to be a lot of movement. To be honest, Dylan, what about you? Because we've currently only got one space in the squad technically, so if we're going to sign more than one player, we probably need to need to see one one outgoing at least. Do you think there's, there's anyone that that could make a move out? I don't think so. I think again, it's it's that whole piece around continuity. You know, the squad's in a really good place um, from an environment point of view. From the performances have been excellent, so I I can't see I can't really see anyone leaving. I, I'm not sure. Has Luke Berry hasn't really been used, mm. um, even from the bench. I don't think he he got a minute in the last three games, which 
considering we've got you know we're not massively you know we haven't got massive numbers in that position may I don't want to read too much into anything you know he might have been carrying an injury he might have been ill who knows um but I can't see anyone moving out because we're in a really good place uh, unless someone comes in with a stupid bid for someone um I don't really see any movement uh, especially if we've almost filled pretty much the entire squad uh, I think continuity is key if there's someone that can really improve us uh, and that fits into our, how we want to play and, and we believe in long term, then we'll do it. Um, but I think if we went out, if we went out of this window with the same squad that we went into it with um, and there was no injury situations, then then I don't think that would be terrible. Obviously, we want to improve the squad, but I think we're in a very good place squad wise and, and they're doing brilliant. No one really deserves to go out, to be honest. And I, I guess on Luke Bowie there, Dylan, I know you're a massive fan and, and I am too, but with his contract potentially expiring this summer and the Elliot Anderson rumour ruin its head again for the 20 whatever time it, it, it's come come through, do you, do you think maybe Luke Bowie it's time to, to sort of try and get a small fee for him if he's out of contract in the summer? I don't know, because I think it, we can't let anyone go at the minute, especially in that position, without signing someone to replace them. Uh, now I'm a bit bored of the Elliot and Anderson rumors. I'll be completely honest. Um, it's like uh, you know, yeah, it's like some of the stuff we had under John Steele in the in the conference every every bloody transfer window. But, John Shaw. Um, it happened to be fair. But yeah, it's, it's John Shaw. <laughs> wow. I think, I think my favorite one was Andy Johnson. Yeah. Still Andy waiting Johnson, for him to yeah. sign. Still waiting for Andy Johnson to sign. Andy Johnson. Andy Mangan. Whoever he was. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think we can really let anyone go at the minute because, you know, we've got Casey Petit. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, I'm really sorry, so. I got it yeah. wrong. Um, uh, on the bench as well at the minute. Now he was on loan in the step three of the national of the non of non league. I think last year, one below the the conference south. Um, I think I might be wrong on that. Uh, so obviously he's a he's probably quite a long way off being ready for the championship. Who knows? He might, you know, he might be a League Two player or whatever. Um, so I don't think we can really let anyone go in that position. So I think unless the only way we'd let Barry leave is is if someone else uh, was coming in. But I don't want Barry to leave because he's fantastic and he'll he'll give us something going into the last few minutes. And I don't want to read too much into the fact he hasn't played because you know who knows there could be loads of reasons. You know we had Dan Potts, Luke Barry, and someone else on the bench against Watford and they were all on a sick bed according to NJ so uh, who knows um, who knows how what's going on with him but hopefully yeah. we can hopefully he gets some minutes and because we will need him at some point um, but yeah no the squad's in a decent place and, and hopefully hopefully we, we don't have to let Barry go because I, I really like him and then on to the, the, the always more exciting income in front, Stephen. Like I said, we've, only, we've currently only got one space and it's well noted that we need a, we need a, a, a centre-back. Are there any other areas that you think we could look to improve? I've got here potentially a defensive midfielder, but Paddy's done well there. Louis Watson made a start. Do you think there's there's any opposition other than centre-half that, that we could do with, with, with strengthening him? Um, I mean, my, my instinct is... Obviously, defensive like centre back, and that is like the the main one. But my instinct is like, when James Shea comes back from injury, is he gonna be, you know, really good enough for us if we are looking to continue being like a top ten championship side? Um, Horvath, if he doesn't sign once his loan is up, because I think his contract is up as well, um, in summer, and um, Matt Macy, I. 
you know, I don't like to be negative about players, but I don't think he's good enough either. Um, you know, it sort of had the feel of like a panic signing. I feel like my my view, like after um, centre back, would be to get a proper first team, like first choice goalkeeper in. Obviously, that's probably not going to be viable in in January. But at the same time, there might be some sort of you know younger goalkeepers that could be and um, we could sign and bring in to develop. Because um, I, again, I don't want to be negative, but I don't see Isted or Isted um, being a first-choice goalkeeper for us as well. I feel like he's, you know, at best going to be second choice, but with Macy, Shea and, um, well, Macy and Shea, it's, that second choice is going to be, you know, quite, uh, busy, yeah, busy. Um, so I think that's that's the one place that I'd want to see improvement. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. But at the same time, defensive midfielder as well. You you know, kind of want someone that could be like a Alan McCormack, Glenn Ray sort of person. But then again, Glenn Ray could come back and he could be playing really well under Edwards once he's back. Um, so it's, even though we have got injury worries, as we said, our squad is quite healthy if you take out the injuries because, um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of people in every position. I think maybe weakest one is maybe right back because no one's really a natural right back or right wing back other than James Bream. Obviously players can play there, but um, no one's natural. And maybe you could argue that you could bring someone in to, you know, be second choice behind James Bree. And um, yeah, there's obviously a lot, a lot you can say but at the same time, we've got a very healthy squad as well. So it's really a matter of, you know, if we, sign anyone it's going to have to be either someone young that we can you know that is going to be ready in the next year or two to be in the first team or someone that improves what we've already got but that would mean splashing the cash and you know I don't think we've we're in that position yet to be you know paying a lot for a new player and you know possibly ruining the harmony of the squad as well and on the loan market piece, and obviously, naturally, there's been a lot of discourse amongst fans in terms of use of the loan market. Was Is, is that a board choice? Was that a Nathan Jones choice? But then if you look at things, obviously, we've got what, what Horvath is going well as a loan so far. We had Jewsby Hall um, was obviously out in his world for us when he was with us for a year. Did you think that the use of the loan market, if, if that is the choice, could that decide that like, the places for promotion like typically in the short term you can get a better caliber of player from the loan market and if you look at like today reportedly Cam- Cameron Archer to Middlesbrough that that could be a definer for them get getting a top six place is that something that you you'd want to see us use it a bit more smartly yeah I I would love us to use the uh, loan market a bit better because I mean you've got to think like when Cameron Carter Vickers came in like he was he was brilliant for us in those um, those months where we had him, um, and he really helped us, you know, push on, stay up. Um, so I think I would love to see something like that repeated. But at the same time, if it's not gonna, I think 
I'm I'm sort of on the the way of like Nathan Jones and um, the board like think about, it. but if it's not improving us and it's not going to be our player, like do we really need to sign them? But at the same time, with injury worries, you kind of need to push that out the window and be like, yeah, we need someone that in that can be back up to what we've got. And Dylan, for you, do you think that's do you think that that was a board choice or was that a Nathan Jones choice? What what would you want to see us do in terms of the loan market? Oh, that that will be a that will be a club policy um, in terms of our plan um, because you know managers move, come and go, but we'll, that will be a club policy. I think the low market is tricky because it can really cause issues after six months. You know, we you know, for, I think the reason why we're as Luton fans we're so keen on the loan market is because any loan we've had has massively improved us, not just made us a bit better. Mm. You know, Horvath, massive improvement. Dewsbury Hall, massive improvement. And I think the reason for that is because we're so selective about our, our loans. So I think with the loan market is, I think the first question is, does that person actually make us significantly better? Um, is it a kind of special player? And I think Horvath and Dewsbury Hall tick those boxes. Um, I think if, if they don't tick that box, then we shouldn't do it because that causes problems, unless there's a genuine opportunity for us to sign them in the summer. I think that causes problems for us in six months because then we're thinking, right, we've we've got a player in the squad who's not there anymore that we have to replace. Who's done a good job for us. Um, so I'm not I'm not per, I'm personally not massively keen on the loan market because I think it causes a few issues. Um, if there's someone who massively improves us and we believe that is a, that ticks the Dewsbury Hall box, then yeah, we'll probably do it. Um, but I think if there is someone that we can get on a permanent deal. Um, then we should do that instead. Or if we think there's someone we can get in the summer on a permanent deal, then we'll probably do that instead because loans can it can just cause a few issues in the, in the short in in the short after after the short term in the kind of medium term uh, in the next transfer window because you're spending money to try and replace them, um, and that can just set you back a little bit. We want to develop our own players here, um, so it's a tricky one because I think our sample size of loans and why we're so keen on it is because they tick that special box, but at the same time, we, we just need to be a bit careful around the medium term in the next transfer window. Uh, I guess just to try and play devil's, adv- devil's advocate a little bit, Dylan, obviously you mentioned that there's a risk in terms of using the loan market, but do you not think that perhaps, obviously we're sat here, like I said, January the 4th, we're one goal difference off, off the playoffs places. Do you not think that if we can get one or maybe two, like you say, out of this world, um, loan signings that that could be the difference between us being a Premier League club and someone not, and therefore obviously mentioned in terms of replacing said said loan player. Suddenly, if you're Premier League, you got you got the riches that come with it. Yeah, well, it's all a gamble, isn't it? You know, I think if we get promoted and you know Ethan Horvath's been on loan, uh, you know we've got the riches to to replace him. But at the same time, now we might go into the summer, and we've had a goalkeeper who's been absolutely outstanding and is prevented x number of goals um but we've now got to go and get someone as good as that if if we don't get promoted as good as that or better than that now that's going to cost you a lot of money um and that's a really really that player will be a very in demand high value player where wages will be fairly high um so you know already in the summer what we'll see with Horvath is he's going to go if we get promoted there might be a chance we sign him if we don't it's going to be a bit more difficult maybe I, I don't know um so already then we're thinking, right, we, we just need to spend X amount of money to get the squad to where it was last season. Mm. So we're not improving the squad in the summer. We're just trying to get it back to where it was. And I think that is the that is the biggest downfall of, of the loans is 
is, you know, Dewsbury Hall left and we had to try and find a way of getting the squad back up to that level because we lost Keenan Dewsbury Hall, who's a Premier League player. So it just creates that that moment where we're not improving the squad in the summer. We're trying to get it back to where it was when actually we could be spending money on improving it. And I think especially with where we are now as a club, I think, you know, when you're fighting relegation, you need just need a player and you've got Cameron Carter-Vickers available. You take him because he's an outstanding player. You saw whoever watched the derby, Rangers-Celtic, you know, he's just an amazing player. Um, but at the same time, now we're in a place where we can build and we can build and we can build and become a really strong club in this at this level. I know we all want to get promoted, but you know we need to build ourselves. So I, I'm I'm still very wary of it. I think yeah, they could improve you in the short term, but it can cause problems down the line. Um, so if there's someone special out there, we'll do it like we do because that's that's our policy. Um, if there isn't anyone really special out there, then I, I don't think we should bother because our squad's in a good place generally, and 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 hopefully we can get someone in on a on a permanent deal if we want them or need them. Let's lastly move on to the FA Cup game this weekend then. Um, got Wigan Athletic, who recently appointed Colo Torre, who's seen back-to-back-to-back 4-1 defeat. So it's been a pretty tough start to life as boss. But it's the FA Cup against fellow league, league opponents and the team that beat us earlier in the season at, at the Kenny. So it'll be a tough game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think they're struggling a lot. Uh, you know, they conceded four or three games in a row. They just lost to Hull, who aren't great. Um, you know, albeit they've got decent players. Um, their squad's a bit light on quality as well. And uh, you know, Colo Torres come in, and you know, it's difficult to judge him. Um, but if you were looking at a manager, yeah, he's coached at the top level um, with a really good manager in Brendan Rodgers for a while. Uh, but does he have experience of relegation battles? No. Uh, has he got previous manager experience? No. Um, is he the right person going into this situation? We'll find out. But I think the thing with Wigan and, and what stood out to me when they beat us at our place, when they won League One last season, the way they won League One, they're just such a resilient side. And I know that hasn't really shown through the last few weeks. Um, but they're a very, very resilient, dogged side. And uh, we should always expect that. You know, we were cruising, we were cruising against them at home, and they came back and scored twice. Um, they've got a few decent players in there, but. Yeah, I think the FA Cup will be nice. Um, nice break from the league action. Uh, hopefully, we can get get um, get through to the next round. Um, but yeah, uh, and maybe try out a few players as well who haven't played much recently. But they're a they're a weird side. You know, they can pull something out of the they can pull a rabbit out of the hat um, if they want to. But they're just struggling a bit for confidence at the minute. I think. In terms of the looting position, Stephen didn't mention maybe a few changes. Do you think that we'll? change it for the 11, whether we'll go strong. Do you think we sort of try and incorporate players that need fitness, someone like a Reece Burke? Got Louis Watson started, started at the weekend. Maybe he starts again. You've got Casey Petit, who was mentioned earlier on the pod. What sort of side do you think Edwards will put out at the weekend, Stephen? I hope it'll be a fairly strong one, but obviously with players that need minutes. Because um, it's, for me, obviously I love, Anyone, anyone loves getting through in the FA Cup, um, and I think it could be important for us as well to uh, use that, um, just to get more minutes for other players as well. Like obviously, last year we experimented a little bit. I think with um, playing Chelsea, um, it was it was nice to see other players, even with injuries as well. Like players like Ice did and all that, like come on and play against Chelsea, and they no one really looked out of place. Um, 
and it was good. So I think it, it gives us another option for Edwards to um, evaluate the squad even more. Um, uh, and I, you know, being as uh, Elliot Thorpe returned from loan, I'd love to see him again because I thought he was brilliant. Not exactly brilliant, but, you know, I thought he was really good against um, against uh, Newport. And um, what's the other guy's name? Watson. Watson. Watson was really good as well. I would like to see either of them get another start. And um, yeah, it's yeah. I'd like I'd like to see a few minutes given to other players, but I want a strong side so we can win the game. And I expect it to be a strong team as well because I think Edwards would want to be you know getting another win at home to keep the uh, momentum going. Yeah, definitely. Let's make some score predictions then. We'll start with you, Dylan. Uh two 0 Two nil to us, Stephen. Uh, one nil. Yeah, I, I, hard working win. I, I put two nil as well, and I hope that we go through to the fourth round and get an awful tie because both Stephen and myself were away in Eindhoven and Cologne the weekend of the fourth round. So I hope we get an awful, like a maybe a League Two side at home in the fourth round before we finally get someone, someone nice in the fifth round. That'd be good, wouldn't it, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, we'll be able to, hopefully. Um... Whatever it is, we'll be able to watch it uh, in a bar somewhere. So, I think that still wouldn't make up for Old Trafford away, though, Stephen. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I would hate to miss that. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Rather a uh, not not a great tie, really. Maybe another Championship side that'll make it a lot easier because it's nothing that we're missing out on. That is all we have time for today. Before we go, we have some big plans for Oak Rotata in 2023. We've expanded the team with more with more writers, meaning that we'll be bringing, uh, bringing you more written content over on our, over on our site at www.oakrotata.com. We also have some really special podcasts on the drawing board that we're working hard to put together, so please watch the space. Follow us, follow us on all of our socials. We're at, at Oak Rotata on Twitter. Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. So you can search Oak Road Hatter so you, so you don't miss so you, so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy the pod, please do, follow, do please do follow us on your preferred podcast app. Give us a five star review and share far and wide so we, so we can reach more hatters. But for now, thank you to Dylan and Stephen for joining me, and thank you very much for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.